I like what I'm seeing in there. I'll teach you to whistle on the Sabbath. They go to pieces over nothing. They're perfect for reality TV. Where's that kid with my latte? <gasps> He's not coming. Is he? Is he? <laughs> Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode 5 of season 14. It is episode DABF21. I do enjoy saying the the uh, episode codes. DABF21. It is Hell to Shelter. I'm Dando. I am Guy and I'm thoroughly uh, taken with Dando's enthusiasm. He's always enthusiastic listeners. I mean, he loves bringing you this podcast, uh, but even more so than usual, it seems. He's, he's having fun with the, uh, with the serial numbers. He's singing titles. Incredible. Uh, he is Dando. I am Guy. I'm, I'm also enthusiastic. I'm just not showing it so much because I'm cool like that. I, <laughs> I'm, in so, I'm just in such a good mood because Guy was just telling me how he had such a bad day. So, <laughs> True. Fun weekends at uh, Shea Davis. Uh, will we jump right into the misfortunes of your, of your second favourite podcaster listeners? Your favourite so, so, podcaster, <laughs> of course, so, being Brendan Dando. <laughs> so what happened was Guy says... Uh, so, so, how are you going, Guy, before we started recording? And Guy says, well, to be honest, a bit of an eventful weekend here. And I immediately <laughs> thought, oh, no, please don't tell me you split it with the love of the wheeze. I was like, oh, please no, please no. And then he goes, well, I blew a gasket. And I was like, well, that's terrible news, but it's much better than what I thought it was going to be. So, so, yes. so, and that's <laughs> that's not angry dad blowing a gasket. That's not no. Mo, Mo getting a prank call blowing a gasket. Um, for those of you who are familiar with automobiles, uh, I blew a head gasket in my Percy Polo Volkswagen, uh, nicknamed Percy Polo. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what that means. It just sounds expensive. It, it is expensive. I think I may have blown a head gasket before, maybe in my first car, which was a complete piece of shit. So that was to be expected. Uh, but I've had the little Polo for coming up on 10 years now. Um, I don't know if that's the actual lifespan of a car these days or not. I highly doubt it, but you are a bit of a speed demon, so... That's true, but not these days. I mean, you know, I used to be up and down to Melbourne from Geelong a few times a week, and now I'm down to the shops, maybe once a week. (laughs) What was your cruise to Melbourne song? Was it, I've been driving on, out my hands wet on the wheel? Um, Actually, no, I would frequently uh, drive to Melbourne with my friend and fellow film reviewer back in the day... uh, Anthony? Anthony, yeah, so we would often... Uh, make each other laugh with terrible jokes, uh, often you know, stuff that you would I could not uh, say on this podcast because it would just get me and subsequently Dando banned from the internet. So um, it's I, best I can envision you guys just listening to like podcasts of mystery science theatre. <laughs> A possibility? No, no, we 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 kept ourselves amused. We were we were our own <laughs> MST3K, our own satellite yeah. of love in the car, but. But, but anyway, yeah. Buenos Gasket is very expensive. You're in big trouble. It's, what's, what's the, you said you, you and Lovely Louise had to come to a decision. You were deciding, what do we do? Okay, well, we were weighing up the various options because, look, it's 2021. I'm not leaving the house that much. I, I really just go out to get supplies and go see the Lovely Louise. Lovely Louise is not that far from me. Um, so I was like, hmm, okay, do I, A... <laughs> 
try finally to fix up that old push bike that I found on the side of the road two years ago and I've had out at the back thinking, one of these days I'll start riding my bike again. I used to really like that. Of course, I've not done that. Option two, uh, buy what they call an e-bike, which is your regular bicycle with a little bit of uh, added oomph put in. You know, it's got like, got like a battery, so it's not like a motor, but... It can speed up your pedaling and go a little bit faster. That sounded so, pretty do, good. Do, do you still pedal with it though? You still pedal, yes. Okay, because sometimes I see people on bikes and not even pedaling, and I'm like, you lazy son of a bitch. <laughs> have you never heard of going downhill or on a straight dando? I mean, you know, sometimes you don't have to pedal. <laughs> no, no, no. It's people oh, that have got, okay. got a motor attached to it. <laughs> that is a bit lazy. Um, so that's option two, and that's way that's looking like the, the, the good one at the moment. I mean, I spent the weekend... Researching e-bikes online, some are low four figures, some are low five figures. I think I'll be going for the low four figures one. Um, oh, there you go. Well, there you are, listeners. If you're not a patron yet, sign up because we are. Guy needs an e-bike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to pull that sort of what's that Bart face whenever he sort of you know. <laughs> it's like, look look that, at the hum dog expression. He learned oh, his lesson. <laughs> oh. Please, could I have a bike? You know, I've got my cap out. Uh, <laughs> uh, alternatively, maybe get the head gasket replaced. But apparently, you know, when one thing goes, everything starts to go like uh, yeah, so- afterwards. Much like the human body, as I'm currently experiencing. Uh, so, well- so currently, guy is up shit creek without some sort of a paddle. So, if you need to, if you want to help him, and in return get a bunch of exclusive content, you just be a patron for as little as a dollar. But if every listener to this show listen, uh, became a one dollar patron. We'd be millionaires. Holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> Just a dollar. You can spare a dollar, can't you? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, no, so, yeah. We do appreciate you all listening to the show. You're all absolute champions. But enough about that, Mr. Davis. We're here to discuss how to shelter. I'm going to say the streak is over. This was not a very good episode. <laughs> this was not good at all. I mean, this it was- wasn't terrible, but it, it, compared to the first four, this just wasn't. It was shit. <laughs> this was a very mediocre episode. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt like a bunch of gags as opposed to a story. Felt like a bunch of stuff that happened. Yeah. <laughs> the, I didn't mind the opening act with them losing their house and everything, but once it got to them moving into the house to do the reality show, it was just them. It was just a bunch of various gags just spliced up one after each other. But yeah. The story was really non-existent by the end. Here's the thing. I think you could make an interesting and fun episode about the Simpsons stepping back in time or living in a way that's unlike their usual way of living. I mean, putting them in an old-timey house and having to live by old-timey ways is not uninteresting. But then they're melding that with, it's also a reality show. So here, here we're going to take the piss out of reality shows a lot. It's like... Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Being back in 2002, I think, when this episode was this, aired. December 2002, I think. Yeah, yeah, December 1st, 2002, yeah. We've seen this in a lot of recent episodes where... Yeah, it's... they're doing it a lot, taking the piss out of reality shows now, aren't they? Yeah, so I think uh, television, American television, world television, had was kind of it kind of had reality TV fever. And people who actually scripted stuff for a living were kind of like, oh, man... Is Joe Millionaire going to put me out of a job? You know, am I going to have to go write, you know, uh, banter for Temptation Island? So, yeah, I can see why they would get a bit, uh, a little bit tetchy, a little bit defensive about it. But, you know, as as uh, some reviewer, <laughs> great research again by a guy, as some reviewer pointed out, 
it's hard to take the piss out of reality TV because it takes the piss out of itself so f- effectively as it is. It's kind of mm. joke proof. Well, it's, so, it's not, it's, it's, taking the piss out of reality show is fine for a quick gag, but basing a whole episode around it, it just uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, the, the, it the, you know there was that last episode. I think it was last episode where they got the uh, the satellite and they were sort of taking the piss out of watching different reality shows on there. Mm. But this one was just like, hey, that was funny. Let's do a whole two thirds of an episode of Ben. Uh, yeah, nah, this wasn't for me. The best gag about reality TV in this episode was a quick pan across of yep. three reality TV shows. I, I don't know if this anyone's. <laughs> it's not my question. Maybe it's your question. But will we just name them? Or yes, punch? Like, was it uh, sucker punch? Where someone looks like someone's punching a grandma in the face. Must admit, would watch. Um, <laughs> 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 mystery mystery injection, which yeah, just looked terrible. Um, and tied to a bear. <laughs> nice. They have that and that's all you need. And after that, just have the reality TV producers as shallow, callow, vulgar kind of people. But trying to base a whole episode around them and their shenanigans. I mean, admittedly, it's mostly about The Simpsons. Occasionally you go back to the reality TV people, but they just weren't that interesting and certainly not that funny. A little bit of trivia here was that this was the last episode to use the uh, traditional ink and paint technique when uh, animating the episode. From this episode onwards, they used the technique they used in uh, Radioactive Man from back in season seven. I always remember, ah. remember as a kid when I watched the episode thinking, this looks weird. It looks something different about it. it was, well, that was the mm. first time they tested the, the digital animation. Okay. And they also tested it with the episode Tennis and Menace, the one that you helped review with the when they get the tennis court. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, yeah, so now they go full time with it from next week onwards. So this was the last time they did it the, the traditional way. Which is oh, a bit sad. A lot, end of, of, an a lot era. of animators that have discussed work, who work on the show say they do miss that technique. They think, even though it might not look as clean and sharp, there's just a charm to it, you know? Okay. Yeah. Passing of the torch, change yeah, of the game. Definitely. But yes, overall, Health to Shelter, I just was not was not a huge fan. It just it it, it kept my interest. It just felt like a bunch of stuff, even with Squiggy coming into it. It was just, ugh. But I, I guess that's what sums up reality TV, I guess. It's just a bunch of wacky shit that just happens. You know, when they, they put people into a house, it's like, ratings are down. Chuck something wacky in there, like a celebrity or whatever. And I, I get that, but yeah, I guess I mean, 20, years, 20 years onwards, the joke about reality TV is dull now. At, at, at the time, it was like, oh my God, reality shows. Who would watch that? Blah, blah, blah. But now it's yeah. like everyone watches it. Yeah, it's all people watch. <laughs> but what do you think of the opening act though with them going to the skybox I must admit I didn't mind it and I thought mm. it, I thought the handing over of the um, there must be an official name for it but I just want to say hockey stick <laughs> but the Russian guy saying oh thank you little girl please have this it's like well that's a neat way to get termites into the house yep and, and it, was, it was a nice little throwback because she was good at being a goalie in Lisa or not that's true I mean all that stuff when they first got to the um, again I might be standing on someone's trivia question here but when they got to the gee your hair smells terrific arena which I thought was pretty funny um, <laughs> and they thought they were going to see basketball instead they're like hockey and everyone's like no not hockey and it's like hey pal we just reviewed Lisa on ice you know you can't put this one up you can't put this one past us so <laughs> but the thing is though so the person who wrote Lisa on ice was Mike Scully who took over the show as as producer for a while mm-hmm. it's now back to being Al Jean I'm not sure whether Al Jean's a huge hockey fan but I know Mike Scully okay. was a huge hockey fan so maybe that was like uh, a tongue-in-cheek jab it at Mike 
Quite possibly, yeah. Who knows? But also, the, the thing is, though, hockey is the little brother of sports in America compared to American football. NFL is and will always be top dog. But this is basketball, I guess. Okay. Ooh, what's bigger, basketball or NFL? I think... I think basketball is the more global appeal sport of America. I think America is I known so, for yeah. its basketball. I think basketball is the big imp, uh, the big export from the you, US. Yeah, Absolutely. So it's probably yeah. NBA, NBA, NFL, because NFL is getting more and more popular here now. So you've got NBA, NFL, mm. and then hockey, I'd say. Baseball? Ooh, baseball's like, yeah, fuck. In the, in the States, absolutely. I mean, I think yeah, in the States. that's true. Fuck, baseball's like America's sport, isn't it? <laughs> it's the national pastime. I'm pretty sure in yeah. the States and American... Uh, Hey, North American, that includes Canadians. Actually, no. Canadians get away and say, hockey's number one, eh? No. <laughs> but our American friends may will say, so correct me if I'm wrong, I would think it would be basketball number one, uh, gridiron slash football number two, baseball number three, hockey number four. Yeah, hockey's always the the least of the of the, the top sports. I would I would assume. That's what it comes across like anyway. That that's how it seems. I mean, imagine in Canada it's like hockey number one, curling number two. <laughs> Being polite, number three. <laughs> hey, my favourite. What's your favourite moment from the episode, Mr. Davis? Um, I've got a few here. Um, there are modes of Homer that I tend to like, as as we've discussed. I like it when he gets a bit snooty. I also like it when he sort of gets a bit like an old fifties dad or like a like a stern old dad, you know. When he and when he mistakes the chamber pot for an army helmet. And so it's what you used to go to the bathroom. You'd like that, wouldn't you, hippie? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like that. <laughs> uh, some reason I thought that was very, very funny. Uh, what else? While we're talking about uh, people being a bit grouchy, Mo referring to, to Homer as Mr. Figgy Pudding during that opening uh, hockey game when you know they're looking down at them from the sky. Mm, let's take Mr. Figgy Pudding down a notch. Got down a peg. <laughs> I don't know why I called him Mr. Ficky Pudding, uh, <laughs> but something I found quite hilarious. I don't get your ass up here. <laughs> ah, getting hit I really, I really liked Homer falling to part, uh, falling apart when he's. Like, Where's that boy with my latte? He's not coming, is he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one other thing that I did like uh, as a very pretty neat visual gag is when they were nailing up the. Uh, it's got to be another word for it than hockey stick. <laughs> it just feels disrespectful to call it a hockey stick. But when no, it's nail- a, no, oh, you mean? I thought you yeah. meant what the, the na- a different name for passing a hockey stick. No, it's actually called a hockey stick. Is that what it's called? It's just called a hockey stick. Of course, it's just called a hockey stick. <laughs> that feels like someone really dropped the ball with the naming there. <laughs> well, mean, well, think of foot. Give f- it- what football is more fucking creative? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I take it all. I take it baseball, all back. Baseball bat. <laughs> oh god, we could really get into the weeds here about you know why things are named certain things, you know why getting the whole semiotics of it all. It's like, hey, we decided that thing's called a tree, and now we're yeah. calls it a tree. What the fuck? I did like <laughs> that the, the uh, hockey player called it his hockey tree, though. Hey, good point. <laughs> yeah. But a bat is you know you don't call the baseball stick. Do you? You well, call it's, it a bat. Well, it's just short. It's just short for baton. I am learning all manner of things. <laughs> Is that real? I don't know. I just, it just makes sense to me. <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> you were so convincing with that. I actually bought it. Well done. Um, <laughs> but anyway, nailing the hockey bat into the wall, yeah. mm. um, and the nails going through, and um, I thought it was a nice visual gag that 
yeah, it's messing up uh, Bart's treasured uh, picture with Krusty. Better put some more nails in. Oh my god, just adding insult to injury. So yeah, did, I like. Did you mean to? Did you mean to call it a hockey bat just then? I did. Okay, good. <laughs> <Just making sure. laughs> I'm not that far gone. You could tell me a few of your favourite moments if you had some. Oh, oh that sounds like you didn't have any. You've, 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 you didn't have that many. I did like the. I just like the um, home of falling apart <laughs> with the letter. I'm just look, I'm looking at my notes, and my favourite moment section is empty. So I was just trying to remember any moments that I liked because Ooh. what I usually do is when a moment that I really like comes across, I quickly write into my favourite moment section. Ooh. Nothing really took my fancy in this episode. There was not a great deal to it. Going to be a quick review this time, folks. Actually, what I did like was, go enjoy your stupid Eagles concert. It's a hockey game. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, we'll, we'll get to that moment. There's a, fun, there's a reason why I like that. Next question. You there, eating the paste. But trivia for Helter Shelter. I'm going to kick off this week. Go right ahead. Bit of, bit of an easy one. What's the name of Cletus's daughter that gets the tooth? I don't remember her name. I just remember that she looked like Britney Spears now that they jammed that tooth into her more. Um, what was her name? Gummy Sue. Gummy Sue. Oh, goodness me. Mm. I'm sorry. I was, I was dazzled by the Britney Spears joke. Dazzled. Um, <laughs> a joke. Uh, no, a joke. A question mm-hmm. for you, Dando. What is the name of the cologne made with ground-up whale? I don't know. Didn't, I didn't pay attention to that. What was it? It's called Blowhole. Blowhole. Makes sense. does, doesn't it? My next question is, who takes the couch that Grandpa leaves behind at the front during the King of the Hill parody? That's actually another good moment, another one of my favourite moments. I really enjoyed that. Who does take the couch? I, I must admit, I've never been a huge King of the Hill guy. Uh, yeah, I've only seen, I reckon, maybe five episodes. But it was just one of those shows where it was either always on just before The Simpsons or on just after. Mm. So sometimes I'd see like, the last five minutes or the first five minutes of an episode. And it seemed fine, but I always saw it as a bland show as a kid. Yeah. I always thought, this is boring. It didn't seem that funny, but I reckon if I went back and watched it now, I'd probably really like it. I think the same. I mean, I respect Mike Judge a lot, the guy who made yeah. that. And he made Office Space and uh, Idiocracy and Beavis and Butthead, of course. Yeah. Idiocracy is one of my favourite movies ever. I love it. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. So I get the feeling I should maybe go back and check out King of the Hill because I get the feeling as someone with a little more mileage on the meter, I'd probably be like, yeah, that Hank Hill, he's onto something. Well, we get, if we get enough patrons, King of the Hill cast is coming your way. Indeed. Uh, having said all that, I've distracted you, and I don't know the answer to the question, so you better tell me. Oh, I'll, I'll give you one clue. It's not Mo, but it's one of your favourite characters. Oh. <laughs> is it Gil? <laughs> it's Kirk Van Houten. It's Kirk Van Houten. I knew. One, one of my favourite losers. There's Mo, <laughs> Kirk... Lionel Hutz, yeah. <laughs> all, all my faves. Uh, but shame I missed that one. But uh, I'm going to hit you with a question now. Mm-hmm. What sound does Lenny fa- find soothing at his apartment? Oh, it's the name of the ball hitting the wall. But what? Oh, what's the sport called? The sport is higher lie. Higher lie. Yes. Like, it just looks like squash to me. Isn't that what you squash? Mm. Uh, I, I was actually going <laughs> to... You have to give me the exact highlight terms, though, for the ball hitting the wall. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pelota hitting the fronton. Oh, okay. There you hey. go. Is that, is that real words? or That's what they said on Disney Plus, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know about as much as ho- about highlight as I do about hockey. So. <laughs> And, and the bats, the, yeah, the high the high lie stick, <laughs> and the high lie round, the high lie globe. My next question is: the paint was still wet on who 
in comic book guy's apartment. Oh, ambassador. I want to say Drax, but it's Glebe. Nope. nope. <laughs> Farfoon. Farfoon. Who's that from? Let's have a look. I thought it was just a made-up thing that um, the comic book guy made up, that he'd come up with imaginary sci-fi friends. I don't think it's actually derived from an actual show. Or maybe yeah, it is. That's the Farfoon. It doesn't look like it's anything. It's just The Simpsons. Yep, you're right. Hmm. Now, I must admit, <laughs> I've got a fairly high tolerance for pop culture ephemera, looking at your place, looking at my place. <laughs> I don't know how I'd... Yeah, going into the comic book guy's place, I'd be like, this is a bit too much. It's a little bit too much. When your friends with, I mean, it's okay for a little child to have a tea party with their dolls or their toys or whatever, yeah. or have, have somewhat of an imagination. But to <laughs> to be at the point where you're engaging with cardboard, <laughs> it ain't great. No, I guess, great. Uh, I mean, uh, each to their own. I, I honestly, <laughs> I honestly would not have an issue with it. I would be like, whatever, mate. Whatever floats your boat. If you're not hurting any, if you're not hurting anybody, I don't give a shit what you do, mate. Doesn't mean I necessarily want to be there while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, listeners? Do not invite Guy to your little galactic UN parties, unless I can bring my imaginary friends, because otherwise I'd feel awkward. Uh, <laughs> if I, it's time for me to give you a question, right? Mm. Yep. One more each. One more each. Okay, then. Why, during the auditions for the 1895 challenge, is Homer strangling Bart? Ah, it's something of the Sabbath. I can't remember. What is it? He whistled on the Sabbath. Whistled on the Sabbath. Yes, that's all right. <laughs> I just love the, looking for the kid for the latte there. That got me. <laughs> There's also a, a very uh, collar pull gag just prior to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but the final question for trivia for this week is, in what year were Oreos invented or created? 1896. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do I did I start the questions or did you? No, actually, you've got one more. I've realised. I've got. <laughs> okay. Then, how long does it take to make breakfast in eighteen ninety five? That would be six hours. Six hours. You got yeah. it. Fuck that. <laughs> exactly. If it takes longer than six minutes. I ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah. If I get antsy, if you know the, my pop tart hasn't popped by three minutes. Alrighty, that is trivia for Hell to Shelter. We'll be right back after this short break with our full in-depth review. Oh, yeah. Can you give me your macho man, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Or is that Hulk Hogan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Does that Ooh, sound like yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The macho man. <laughs> uh, are you, uh, did, have you tried heels yet? Have you? <laughs> I have not tried it yet, no. There are three episodes in. It's really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so out, into yeah. it. All right, guys. We'll be right back after this short break. Oh. <laughs> Nicola walked in at the right time. Hey, Nicola. Guy says hello. Yes, that's right. It's time for your weekly dose of patron shout-outs. Kicking off with our $100 patrons, Sarif, Chris Dixon, Timothy Belson, Brian from Boston, Chris Reynolds, and Jonathan Rossi. Absolute legends. Also, shout-outs to our $20 patrons, Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt from You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Andrew Zerr, Kane Von Nagy, Christopher Darby, Joel Yoland, Jordan Molman, Richie KDG, Nick Barbaro, Daniel Kotnick, Reese Roberts, George McMenemy, Adam Sanderson, Matt Thompson, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Ben Smith, Sean Davey, Bella Winderbank, the iconic June Fucking Richards, David Stewart, Groundskeeper Noah, 
Tom Pickering and Mark Boston Burgess. Also, shout-outs to our new $5 plus patron for the week, Mr. Tom Moran. Thank you so much for your support. Remember, if you enjoy the show and you want to show your support, the best way to do so is by being a four-finger discount patron, where for as little as just $1 per month, you get access to exclusive podcasts, including bonus Simpsons reviews of classic episodes, movie reviews, early access to all the shows we do here on the Four Finger Discount Network, access to our Facebook community, prize draws, monthly Zoom chats with Guy and myself, and much, much more. So join the Four Finger Discount family today at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. But for now, enjoy our review of Hell to Shelter. The original air date for Hell to Shelter. I feel like every time I say it, I have to go, Hell to Shelter was December 1st, 2002. I'm a little confused by the title. You know, it doesn't seem relevant to anything. Or have I missed something? I mean, I know they need shelter. You, you don't know why they've done a parody of Hell to Shelter? Other than the fact that they wanted to throw shelter in there. I don't know. It just seems like a pretty eh, choice what, for a what, what does What does Helter Skelter mean? Helter Skelter means they're all there and everywhere. Here, there, and everywhere. Like everything's all over the place. I guess their life's all over the place? Well, that's a good point. I don't know. They like the Beatles on The Simpsons. They just wanted to work in the Beatles reference. <laughs> a good point. But uh, let's just say that uh, some new name... The new names that came through, I think there might be some better ones than Hell to Shelter. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to that. So <laughs> the episode was written by two men, Brian Pollack and Mert Rich, mm-hmm. directed by the one and only Mark Kirkland. Uh, the chalkboard gag Millhouse did not test cootie positive. Oh. And but see, the thing is now- Valid in these times. The world that we live in now, whenever you hear someone testing negative, testing positive, it's just all so real. It's like, oh, I want to get away mm. from this shit. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> all we hear all day is about testing negatives and tested positives. And, oh, fuck, yeah. fuck, I'm sick of it. All right, and the couch gag was, in a parody of the Macintosh paint program, Kid Picks, a mouse <laughs> cursor drags Homer from the left side of the couch all the way to the right, changes the wall color from pink to green, and replaces Marge's boat painting with the Mona Lisa. Can honestly say I never played Kid Picks once in my life. Cutting edge stuff back in 2002. All right, so the episode kicks off with Homer just strolling through work. I always like the fact that when you get the exterior, you get the crow sound every time. It's just <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the exterior of the power plant without the crow sound. I must admit, I I never consciously noticed that. I mean, as they say on uh, our pals at Red Letter Media, you didn't notice it, but your brain did. So yep. it's like, oh yeah, nice one, nice touch. The pipe falls down. And he crushes Homer, burns the smithers, find him. You know, if he was smart enough, he'd hold them out for millions. But nope, he just gets Woo-hoo. skybox tickets. <laughs> nice, nice cut. Yeah, it was a nice cut. Yeah, just straight to it. You know. Yeah. Uh, but he's lost twenty percent of his brain function. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. They arrive at the, as you mentioned earlier, G. Your hair smells terrific. Arena. Marge is very excited for the skybox. Her reasoning is hilarious. Yeah, it's you know the fun of being in the sky, but the security of being in a box. <laughs> Actually, best of both worlds. I do, yeah. Marge often speaks to me in that regard. <laughs> I mean, I, I do like her upside kind of uh, kind of attitude. Um, it was very sweet. Sorry to get a little personal here for a moment, kids, but uh, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of the lovely Louise, as you all know. On the weekend when I, I had car trouble and all that kind of stuff, and later on that evening she said, you're a very strong person. No one has ever said that to me in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, that's an awfully nice thing to say. Why? <laughs> I've seen you lose jobs. I've seen you lose cars. You don't get that bunched up about it. And I'm like, eh, well, you know, shit happens. 
<laughs> the, the Guy Davis philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why. Why were we talking about that? Why did I sort of suddenly because you like you like Marge's positivity? That's correct. Yes. Now, so that's the that's the part of Guy that that oh that's the part of Marge that appeals to that part of Guy. Let's say. Yeah. Oh, by the way, like by the way, um, I think <laughs> I I do like the "Gee, your hair smells terrific" arena gag because I think back in the day, you know. I think we were still calling things like, speaking for Australia, we are still calling things like the Melbourne Cricket Ground or back in 2002. I think even then, you are maybe just starting to name stadiums after stuff like, like phone companies or whatever. I think the first one we had was like Colonial Stadium, which was the football yeah. one. That was a big one. Was Telstra one? It became the Telstra Dome after that. That's right, yeah. And I think a lot of people around that time were going, I remember when you used to name arenas after sporting personalities and people of note, not after corporations. What kind of dystopia are we going into here? That was my dad, by the way. That was an impression. Of my dad. Say, is it Mr. Bobby Davis or Mrs. Davis? <laughs> That's a combo of the two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so nowadays when you've actually got Marvel Stadium named after Marvel comic books, it's like, eh, gee, your hair smells terrific. That probably doesn't sound that un- uh, outlandish. It <laughs> doesn't at all. I got him my notes. 20 years on, seems normal. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the world we've made for ourselves. But they've, uh, everyone's excited to be in the Skybox, like I said. Bart thinks it's basketball, though. It turns out it's actually hockey. Even the people walking in, apparently none of them knew that it was going to be hockey. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, so the, the story I wanted to mention here was that, so once I got to go in the box at the football, courtesy of work, right? Ooh. Work got tickets, blah blah blah. So, four, five or six of us went to the to the they called the social club at the football, right? Yes. And I'm in there, and I'm like, "This is all good and all, you know, cheap cheap beer, some you know, mm. little mini party pies, things like that." But <laughs> no one was watching the game. Like, no. like you're behind the, you're behind this glass, and the game's going on, and I start cheering, and this woman turns to me, and she goes, "Can you keep it down?" I'm like. We're at the fucking football. Football. Look, <laughs> why aren't we watching the football? No one in there is like watching. The- Some people are like, they're they're so against watching the game live that they're watching mm. it on a little TV, oh, but yeah. the game is happening right there. Like, what the fuck? So, so, like, I really enjoyed the the escapades of the family in the skybox and how Lisa was reacting. Like, what are you doing? There yeah. is a. We came here to watch a game. Why are you getting a massage? But that's that's what that's how exactly how I felt when I went to the social club <laughs> at the football. I was like, no one here is watching the football. Why are you yeah. even fucking here? Well, I think it's very much the name is in the clue was in the name social club. I think it's very much a um, big circle jerk if you ask me. <laughs> that's a very good way of putting it. A very accurate way of putting it. But with par- <laughs> but with party pies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> mini party pies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so. Marge, um, that's it. Marge is excited. That's right. They find out it's um, it's actually hockey. They walk in, and instantly Homer becomes snooty. <laughs> Do you have any ground up whale cologne? <laughs> I like the difference. You had the skybox entrance and the schnook entrance. That's how I feel when I go to the movies. I got gold class tickets. I'm like, sayonara, suckers. suckers. <laughs> <laughs> but except now, it's like how you feel when you've got Reading Cinemas tickets compared to people who go to Village Cinemas. Oh, okay then. Because I, I mean, I love village cinemas. It's near and dear to my heart. It's every memory of my childhood of going to the movies is at village cinemas. Yes, but God damn it, village! Can you please upgrade your fucking facilities? Like, Reading have left you in the dark. Seriously, in the dust. I mean, uh, it's been a while since I've been to a cinema. In all honesty, but the last few times I've been, I've been out to Reading's. 
And by the way, listeners, we are not in the pocket of Big Reddings, although we wouldn't mind being so. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed the facilities, uh, the, the screens, the chairs, the the whatnot, all the good stuff. Yes, they've done the hookers, the blackjack, the what? <laughs> hey! <laughs> Uh, so Marge says that the room, the skybox is like Moby's house on MTV Cribs. That's a show that, does it still exist, Cribs? I used to love Cribs when I was younger. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think something like that is probably transported over to the internet. You'd probably find it on to, YouTube. I was literally about to say, things like that don't need to exist anymore because they can just do it on their Twitter page or Instagram or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show in the past, but uh, I got a link one day, like suggested link on YouTube after I you know, finished watching old 1980 music videos or something like that. So would you like to take a virtual tour of Robert Downey Jr.'s house? Thanks to, you know, Architectural Digest magazine. I'm like, yes, I would. Click. And you get this little 10-minute uh, video about, hi, I'm Robert Downey Jr. and welcome to the house that I've, the, the mansion that I bought with my Iron Man money. He's got a farm, farm and stuff there, like animals and all that. Yeah. I'm, I imagine he's got a few places. This might have been like a holiday house or something. Oh, okay, and, yeah. And I've liked RDJ for, well, oh, Longer than I care to admit, since the 80s, I thought, this guy's got something. He'll go far. And he took a few detours, ended up in some kid's bedroom, but turned out all right in the end. But I was looking at this going, I don't know if you've got that good taste in interior design, Robert Downey Jr. This is kind of crap. And I watched a few, well, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but at the same time, I was like, hmm, you could do better. I feel like he's the kind of person who would just pay someone to do it, though, right? Quite possibly. And he throws a little bit of his own personality, and it's like, Hey, here's some art done by a friend of mine. It's like, your friend should not give up their day job. Your friend is not an artist. Um, this is the same thing. Remember when we were talking about Strummer Vacation and I was talking about Lenny, yeah. um, Lenny Kravitz's uh, Brazilian getaway? Same, yeah, same people doing the same thing. Like, hey, I'm Lenny Kravitz. Why am I putting on the Lenny Kravitz voice that doesn't sound like Lenny Kravitz? It sounds more like the late Prince. Hey, I'm Lenny Kravitz. Does Actually, it? no, that does sound a bit like Lenny Kravitz. Hey, I'm Lenny Kravitz, <laughs> and welcome to my Brazilian getaway. Here's, yeah. Sorry, folks. I'm- I don't, I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> I'm just, you've got from fucking Robert Denny, YouTube Robert Denny Jr.'s house to Lenny Kravitz impersonations. <laughs> what let's was the br- point of this? What, let's what, what, bring it all the this? way back to Cribs. Cribs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm thinking, how did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm. A brief tangent, I'm reminded of a, a, a three-way chat that I had with a couple of friends of mine. One's from Turkey, one's from America, and here I am in Australia. We've got three different time zones. And um, my Turkish friend was going off on this incredible long story. He was he was dominating maybe 95% of the conversation. The other two of us were like, uh-huh, uh-huh, occasionally. We're wondering, where the hell is this going? And he's a master storyteller because by the end of it, he tied it all up so neatly with a very nice little bow. I'm like, what a dude. (laughs) What a lord. (laughs) Nice work. Um, I, on the other hand, am doing it badly. Let's return you to Helter Shelter, already in progress. (laughs) So I'll ask the question once again. (laughs) Cribs. Do do you have have any memories of Cribs? (laughs) No. I never watched watched that shit. (laughs) Uh, Bart Bart requests... Uh, having a portrait drawn of him punching Larry Holmes, and Larry Holmes just conveniently there, ready to be punched. The actual Larry Holmes. Yeah, yeah, who actually voiced the character. Yeah, he actually voiced mm. himself. Homer then looks down on everybody. Look at these people watching hockey without sushi. See, I, if the, <laughs> I feel like even in 2002, sushi was still seen as not as common as what it is now. Everyone eats sushi now. It's just, it's like 20 yeah. different sushi places in every supermarket, every shopping plaza. Back oh, in 2002, God. though, I feel like there was maybe one or two here and there. It wasn't a everyday kind of food. 
yeah, there weren't specific sushi joints. I mean, oh, there were okay. Japanese restaurants where you uh, could get it, sushi. I, I, but, I guarantee, but yeah, but it's like, how many people do you reckon had eaten sushi? It wasn't like a. I think the first time I had it was probably in the late nineties. But it's, it's like it's the kind of thing where, which is almost the like two thousand and two. Yeah, so it's like oh, yeah. you, you might have had sushi if you went to like a Japanese restaurant or something. But it wasn't like I'm in the food court. I'm going to go get some sushi for lunch. Very oh, yeah. rarely did that happen, you know. And the fact that now you go into, well, there's a uh, Woolworths here in Geelong that's got a special yeah. sushi section where they'll whip up sushi packs. I'm like, it's actually a pretty good deal, and they make good mm. sushi too. I was I was very uh, very happy with the last time I had oh, okay. I've never tried it. But Barney, Mo, and Otto are not impressed with Homer looking down on them. Hey, Homer's looking down his nose at us. Let's take Mr. Figgy Pudding down a peg. Otto, what are you waiting for? Get your ass on my neck. I'm getting close. I smell vinaigrette. Ah! Heads up, Dad. Here comes the scum. Why can't they just be happy for my success? It burns! Oh, great! And I just got all that gum out of my armpits. I thought this whole thing just sort of fell a bit flat. They were trying to reach for Homer. He poured hot fudge on them. Everyone mm. screamed, and it was over. And that was that. Yeah. yeah. Didn't really it go just, anywhere, did it? It didn't really go anywhere at all, no. So mm. then we get the hockey fight, and the tooth gets knocked out. Cletus shoves it in his daughter's mouth. Yeah. Gummy Sue, was it? Gummy Sue, that's right, yeah. Mm. The whole Britney Spears thing didn't really... Work. I, uh, I know in 2000, this is a very 2002 episode because in 2002 it was fun to poke fun at Britney Spears, much like it was fun to poke fun at Donald Trump last year. You know, everyone yeah. poked fun at, everyone was poking fun at Britney Spears in 2002 because she was starting to go a little bit off the rails. You know, she was getting married in Las Vegas and she was. Was that in 2002? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, wouldn't have been far off it, I don't reckon. Mm. I remember her, she was, she was at the peak of her career in mid 2000, mid 2001, I reckon. I'm trying to remember when the South Park episode about her was. Let's have a look. Britney Spears, South Park. Because, yeah, there's been this whole retrospective thing as of late of like, wow, we were pretty mean to Britney in the early 2000s. Not cool, guys. Well, that came out in 2008, so maybe um, oh, okay. maybe it was a bit later. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But anyway, I just remember anyway. it being a... She was like the punchline for a lot of late-night comics and things like that. I don't think this was yeah, so much them having a go at Britney Spears. It's like, well, who's the, the hot girl du jour? When this whole um, reappraisal of Britney Spears happened, it was about a couple of months ago, which makes it ancient history in by 2021 terms. Everyone was like, yeah, we did treat Britney Spears a bit badly. That wasn't cool of us. Yeah, let's do better in the future, guys. And all these other starlets of the era sort of, I won't say started coming out of the woodwork, but Paris Hilton came out and said, yeah, people treated me really badly too. And a lot of people, I don't know, we're not re-litigating Paris Hilton. She always sucked. No. <laughs> Britney Spears actually came out with some good pop tunes. Paris Hilton's just garbage. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Paris. <laughs> this wasn't me saying this. This was, uh, this was other people. I was just agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. I just agreed with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good stuff. That's the Guy Davis way. <laughs> But where were we up to? Lisa's had enough. She wants everyone to um, come watch the game. They're not interested. But Mm -hmm. I noticed Bart was getting his hair trimmed by the old school barber. Oh, okay. And and getting a straight razor shave too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think the episode where Bart's trying to get some money as well. And it might even be like, 
it's about, I'm pretty sure he's trying to get some money for a comic book and he goes to work in the barber and the guy pays him in hair. He's like, you're paying me in hair? Are you insane? He's like, oh, it's yeah, really that's creepy. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. That was good. But um, yeah, so that guy was there being the barber in the skybox. But Lisa says she's going to go down into with the, the real fans, knee deep in beer and blood. It gets that way, doesn't it? Apparently so. I've never been to a hockey game, but... Uh, I think just any sporting game, if you're with the... the go to the outer. <laughs> yeah. With the real fans. So, yeah, this is where Homer says, go watch your Stupid Eagles concert, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> Lisa then helps Kozlov get his shot. There's a, an opening at five o'clock, I think she says, or the, something like the that. Five, the five hole, apparently. The five hole, yep. I was going to look that up. I'm, I imagine that sounds like a legit lo- hockey term. Oh, you'd think it would be, yeah. I'm always curious about... Technical terms in certain things. I mean, yeah, you've mentioned about you've mentioned football, all the num- numbers before, yeah, yeah. Not quite curious enough to do any proper research on it and actually look it up, but I always like hearing it. Um, I remember, have you ever watched Hannibal, the TV show Hannibal? No, I haven't. Yeah, very good show, very gruesome, but very, very good. Uh, and they've got a the main character is at the shooting range inside, and for some reason they t- start talking about, oh, you've got so and so stance. I thought you'd be a Weaver guy. It's like. Oh, are there different stan- are they names for the different stances you take when you're shooting, the way you hold the gun or the way you hold your body when you're holding a gun? I'm like, that's pretty cool. There's this whole world going on that you don't know about. I, I don't know. I find that kind of interesting. But as yeah. I said, not interesting enough to actually <laughs> do some research on it. Just like, oh, that, that, that sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Guy Davis way. <laughs> We're learning a lot about you this episode, it's, I find. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Guy Davis version of the Max Power way. There's the right way, the wrong way, and the Guy Davis way. Isn't that the wrong way? Yeah, but faster. <laughs> it's one of the best, best lines ever, seriously. It's really good. <laughs> but faster. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he gives Lisa his hockey tree. Um, she's already... Oh, so here... The family are like, all right, Lisa, it's time to go. The game's not over. They've already told the people in the skybox the, the, mm. the score of the game. But I'm like, if you, why would you leave a skybox early? Good point. Yeah, I mean, what? you're getting massages and yeah. straight razor shaves and sushi. Stick around. <laughs> you can get me out of there with a crowbar. It's just, I think it's just so they can slot in the joke about the score being told already. Yeah. Even that, though, it's not even like followed up with a joke. It's just Lisa goes, yeah, isotopes. And then mm. the scene ends. I was like... That's not funny. <laughs> just, no, not really. It's yeah. moving right along. So Homer then nails the stick onto the wall. You know, Lisa getting a stick doesn't hurt you in any way. It's mm-hmm. obviously on the other side of the wall. We see the pitcher getting smashed, a couple of extra ones. This, though, was just a way of getting termites into the Simpsons' household, which we see overnight they destroy it. Marge wakes up, sees the hole through the back of the cupboard, sees mm-hmm. the Flanders there. Well, cock-a-diddly do. What a marjalicious way to start my flanderific day. <laughs> hey, Ma, our crap shack's going to hell. Bart, what's your potty mouth? Hey, get out! I'm in here! Oh. I think we might have termites. And then we get a bug's death exterminator arrive. I like the, the Russian no woodniks as opposed yeah, to woodniks. I, I like that as well. Um, wise guy is the exterminator? Yeah, well, it, he's very wise guy, I ask anyway, but he must he must become a bug. I loved Homer's justification. I just go by how funny the sign is. <laughs> now, I must admit, that kind of... It kind of ruined... Not ruined the gag, the whole really? bug's death gag. Just showing... 
hey, it's a bug's death, like a bug's life. It's even got the same logo. That's pretty funny. Have a little bit of a scene. And then Homer goes, oh, I just go by how funny the sign is. Go back to that. It's like, we got it the first time or? <laughs> it would have been funny if you just cut to him in the house and then show the sign. Yeah, have it as a neat throwaway gag at the start or have it as a punchline at the end. Yeah, You can't have both or you can have both, but you'll leave people like me disappointed and angry. <laughs> Furious. Living. <laughs> Ropeable. <laughs> angry dad. Send me, to, send me to one of those trademark fits. <laughs> <laughs> so he puts the tent over the house the bullies think it's a circus they're going to sneak in they pass out obviously he drags them out then he mentions that he used he had to use a good poison with James Coburn, Coburn's face on the bottle can't go inside for six whole months so we get the King of the Hill parody mm. which as we said at the start I feel like King of the Hill is one of those shows where everyone goes I like the theme music I have nothing against King of the Hill but I've just never watched it yeah Everyone who watches this, I feel, would know that's the King of the Hill song. But no one's actually watched the show. <laughs> I say no one's actually watched the show. No, apologize. A lot of people <laughs> a lot of people probably haven't watched the show. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Listeners out there, how many of you have actually watched a lot of King of the Hill? And let us know, is it yeah. worth going back and revisiting? How would you feel about the idea of Dando and I watching it for the first time and then doing a podcast about it? Yeah, actually seeing people, hearing people give their real thoughts on King of the Hill in real time. In, holy moly, the magic Life. of the internet. <laughs> what? Insane. Um, also, I was very happy they gave a shout out to James Coburn, one of my, uh, I'd say one of my favourite actors, but an actor who always really livened shit up when he appeared in things like The Great Escape. And I think he was in The Magnificent Seven, but just a cool looking dude, apparently trained in martial arts with Bruce Lee. Just a, a cool gentleman. Should he be compared to Poison? He should not be. I don't know why they had James, I don't know why they put James Coburn's face on a poison why they made a gag out of it makes no sense you know I remember James Coburn from my first introduction to him was him appearing on the Muppet show and he uh. creeped me out to no end <laughs> he seemed he just seemed like a very angry man angry angry young man and by angry oh. young man I mean angry old man <laughs> I don't know he always struck me as a bit like a wolf in human form he had these he, he was like a big bad wolf when I say angry, I mean, he just seemed very dry and just like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, my nanny used to have that tape and it was just uh, like, I had like, maybe 20 episodes of The Muppets on that she taped off Channel 10 before she used to go work at Grosby. And I used to watch it religiously when I stayed at her house. And I just remember the James Coburn one, I'd either turn it off because I'm like, all right, that's time to go to sleep because that one scared me or I'd fast forward that episode. I, just, I didn't like watching that episode. <laughs> can't, can't sleep, James Coburn will eat me. <laughs> With, exactly with, right. With his, with his big teeth. <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway, it's funny how a person reminds you of things like that. Just It is indeed. Sitting, sitting at Nan's place on their couch, eating some cheese on toast at 11 at night, as I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a lovely memory. Being scared of James Coburn. <laughs> Until James Coburn came in and fucked it all up. <laughs> so they, um, they go to get a hotel. They arrive at Yeldy Off-Ramp Inn, and all, unfortunately, all the brand producer convention people have booked out all the rooms, so Lisa suggests they go to a youth hotel, yeah. but doesn't want to do either. Now, there was a mention on the wiki page about the youth hotel. Let's get it up, just for the listeners who want us to. Let's so it get says it up. here, Bart says, I do not want another lecture from a German backpacker about how we don't appreciate the national park system, but mm-hmm. in the episode, The Heartbreak Kid, which is from episode... Six no episode seventeen of season sixteen, called the Heartbroke Kid. The family actually convert their house into a youth hostel in order to pay for Bart's weight loss camp bills. Hmm. There you go. If you care, 
<laughs> anyway, so they, they don't do the youth hostel either. And then Lenny says, uh, Homer says, let's go see Lenny. They arrive at Lenny's <laughs> house. It's a really lady dar apartment. But unfortunately, what does he share a wall with, Mr. Davis? <laughs> oh, he shares a wall with a uh, higher lie court. Um, mm. But I did like that. <laughs> Lenny, oh, I wanted the black one. You like that? That's funny. I got, I wrote that. That was lame. <laughs> I thought it was lame. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're seeing so many who is Lenny and who is Carl jokes these days that, uh, I don't know, I didn't mind it for some reason. <laughs> I like that Lenny equals black, Carl equals white on his hand. That's fine. But he's going, yeah. that's Lenny, I wanted the black one. I'm like, <laughs> uh, this again? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so they decide they don't want to stay at the court because it's too noisy. So they go to comic book guy's house, but he's chairing a meeting with the Galactic UN, so they... Back away slowly out of that place as well. Mm-hmm. We're now at Moe's and they're trying to figure out what to do. Maggie is drunk and she's a very angry drunk. She's drunk on the fumes. <laughs> Moe says they can eat the loser of the cockfight, but Homer doesn't want to do that. And this is where Barney suggests the reality show, uh, what's it called? 1895 Experience or something? 1895 Challenge. Challenge, challenge. That's yes. right. Yes. A bit of a riff on an actual show called The 1900 House. No shit. So this actually existed. Yeah, yeah. This was an English show. Uh, where yeah, a family had to go back and live in ye oldie 1900 times. This was apparently hugely popular. I mean, there were a lot of, lot of spin-offs in the UK, but also a lot of variations done in... <laughs> actually, something this show got right. Uh, saying, uh, yeah, I, I saw the concept in Denmark and I, I tweaked a few things. Old Mitch Hartwell was actually on the ball. Then there was an Australian version called Out, Outback House... Uh, I think there was an American version called Frontier House. Please tell me the finale was called The Final Frontier House. <laughs> I think we've got our new show. Yeah, we should, <laughs> let, let's take that to Netflix or Stan or someone. Say, what do you think about Final Frontier House? <laughs> get, out, get out of my office. <laughs> uh, but if you look up 1900 House on, on our friend Wikipedia, you'll see that there are variations on that. Okay, uh, there you go. I did like the jokes at reality TV expense in regards to just or just TV executives in general they do a good job where it was like we need, we need to be more creative quick get your TVs out and start flicking <laughs> it's funny the those shitty little um, portable TVs that they were looking at with the aerial sticking out yeah yeah that was more sort of old timey than anything in the 1895 challenge to me it's like oh yeah remember those little like transistor TVs that never really took off but everyone thought mm-hmm. wow Wave of the future. Now you're watching it on your phone, of course. But Remember aerials? <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what, I mean, you have that whole reality TV sort of environment with Mitch Hartwell, the guy who's uh, creating or <laughs> creating the 1895 challenge. But we, as you mentioned earlier, we've got the posters of Sucker Punch and Mystery Injection and Tied to a Bear. But they also threw a bit of shade on my man Mike O'Malley, which I will not uh, stand for. Uh, Mike O'Malley is a, a, I think he started off as an actor, but he's moved a bit behind the scenes. And he's currently an executive producer on my new favourite show, which I've mentioned previously on Four Figure Discount, Heels. Heels. Is he really? Okay. So I knew him as a kid from, as Jimmy Hughes in Yes Dear. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, the thing. Yes Dear used to be on a lot on Fox 8 when I was growing up. You used to you mm. always see ads for Yes Dear during The Simpsons, I remember. No, I will not have any um, disrespect thrown Mike O'Malley's way. He's uh, appearing on Heels. He's also an executive producer. It's a very good show. Dando, start watching it. Listeners, start watching it if you're into wrestling. All righty. I know. Me being like the wrestling fan, it's weird that you're the one telling me to watch it. <laughs> I know, right? But, but at the same time, you're asking me to like do Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm like, who? 
Yeah. What? You, you don't know Macho Man? I've heard of Macho Man Randy Savage. What? You don't know Macho Man? Google Macho Man Randy Savage right now. I, you know who I Macho said, Man I, is. I said I know of him. Is he the one who was in Spider-Man? Was he Bonesaw? Yes, yes. Bonesaw is ready. Yeah. Very intense human being, that man. He'd better show up in that in that new Spider-Man multiverse movie. No, he passed away about 10 years ago, if not more. Oh, oh. <laughs> rest in peace, Macho Man Randy Savage. I, apolog- <laughs> I apologize. No disrespect intended. They, they, could, they could see Joe. They could like, grab him off Tarkin him. Oh, God, you'd, have, you'd do a better job than Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That wasn't too bad. But anyway, enough, we're off track. So Mike O'Malley deserves more credit <laughs> than what The Simpsons gave him, as Guy Davis said. But mm. they arrive at the, uh, the studio for the auditions for the show. Mm-hmm. And we get so in the crowd there. You had Cletus and his family. You had Skinner and Agnes was there as well. And you also had the Hibberts who were there oh. as well. Well, this family looks pretty interesting. Uh, but isn't the dad Bill Cosby? You see, I gotta get back on the TV because with the Osbournes and the softcore porn and the dogs pooping and nobody scooping and the bees up all ha. I mean, at the time it was funny, but now it's just like, ah, it's kind of awkward now. It is, it is. But it is by no means their fault at all. Oh, God, no. No. Um, But but it's hilarious hilarious that the cause is kind of calling it, with the the Osbournes and the whatnot, who would have thought that Ozzy Osbourne would have turned out to be the wholesome one? And and Cosby would be the monster. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, the Os the Osborns were the one who started it all, weren't they? They were really the ones. They were a bit, yeah. I mean, I, f- I forget when that show actually premiered. I can't remember any celebrity family reality show that took off the way that one did. That was like the first one. Yeah. It was huge, and it became like water cooler chatter. Like you, you had to have watched the Osborns the night before. There was sort of proto Kardashians in a way. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, there, there would be no Kardashians if it wasn't for the Osborns, in my opinion. Osborns. What you've done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we get the Bill Cosby moment, which was kind of awkward upon reflection now, but they weren't to know in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this line. We need a family who hasn't been on TV forever. Let's try The Simpsons. There <laughs> <laughs> was a bit of poking fun at themselves and the show in this episode, I think. And we'll get to that when, particularly the end, but we'll get to that when we get to the end. But, yeah, they, I think the makers of the show sort of recognised we're we're way into the into our run here. Of course, we're going to start spinning our wheels a bit. Maybe we should acknowledge that. So they love the the producers love the fact that the Simpsons just fight over nothing and just all fall <laughs> apart. So they get selected for the job. They then arrive at their house, and Bart looks like is it Buster Brown? Is that what he says? Yeah. I, I apologies, folks. I should look. Yeah, can do it right now. Look at Buster Brown. Let's look at Buster Brown. Buster Brown. I'll tell listeners for those who don't know. And they can't be bothered looking up. So Buster Brown is an Australian band. That's not who we want. Buster Brown was a comic strip character created in 1902. Oh, yeah. Looks just like Buster Brown. <laughs> so it looks oh, just God. like Bart was, except he's wearing pink instead of blue. I just yes. thought, I've just found a picture of Buster Brown. Mm. Buster Brown looks fucking terrifying. Really? Is it the same Buster Brown I'm looking at? Well, there's a poster of, like, Buster is coming. It's a bit like Gabbo. Um, <laughs> But I, I, see the one you, I see the one you see. Yeah, that, that is terrifying. That is, that is, that is fucking terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yes. But Buster is coming. Buster, Buster is coming. Buster is coming. coming. He'll tell us what to do. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm what's sorry, a Buster? I'm gonna... I know, some guy. Some guy named Buster. <laughs> but then there's another one. 
we're authorized Buster Brand dealer. So clearly they've used Buster Brand to sell a bunch of shit. Um, here's Buster giving you a wink where he's wearing like he's wearing a hat out of the fucking Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> he was he was the mask. It was a mascot for the Brown Shoe Company. Okay, well he's got a dog next to him that's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> the dog looks creepy as well, although the dog also looks a bit like Wooler from the from John Carter. I don't know. The dog looks like Pete the Pug. For all you uh, <laughs> parents out there, you know who I mean. <laughs> okay. And all the nerds out there will know my John Carter reference. <laughs> God, I was hanging shit on Comic Book Guy before, and here I'm like, how many of you remember the, the uh, 2012 film John Carter? <laughs> Danto, please, can, please continue. They've arrived at the house. The bullies are jealous of Bart's attire. Homie, we get the home with the, with the army helmet. Wow, they had an army helmet under every bed? Oh, Mr. Simpson, that's a chamber pot. You're supposed to go to the bathroom in it. A fallen army helmet? You'd like that, wouldn't you, shippy? Behind this door, you'll find the one piece of 21st century technology in the whole house. Oh, please be a melon baller. Please be a melon baller. This is your video confessional. You come in here to express your deepest feelings and darkest secrets. Uh, <laughs> my hair isn't really blue. <gasps> I need that tape. So basically, this first next part here is just them hating the house. So it takes six hours to make breakfast. The patriarch is in full effect. I mean, the women have been working in the kitchen for fuck knows how long. Yeah, while that's um, true. Yeah, Homer's had trouble. Sh- oh, he shaved his face, but he's bleeding everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's the drive. That what are those cars called? What run on the coal? Just old school car. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> coal machine. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, they get to the Quickie Mart and they're... So this this next joke was just so stupid to me. So they weren't allowed to buy anything new. Mm-hmm. Apu wouldn't let her buy tampons. And she says, yes, they were. She slams the book in his face and says, 23 skidoo, and then runs off without taking any tampons. I was like, what? Yeah. And also, 23 skidoo was more like a, a saying from the 1920s. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It was bizarre. It was, yeah, also, know, just take, take your tampons, Marge. You'd be... Yeah. <laughs> After all that. Yeah. Oh, this next part, Marge and Homer attempt to uh, take off all of her Victorian undergarments to get laid. <laughs> oh, by, by the way, I did like... The, oh, um, have we mentioned Urkelos? <laughs> which are, oh, yes, de- that was at the Quickie Mart, yeah. Which are yeah, delicious but forbidden. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then Bart confesses that he thinks Martin Jeff comics are boring or you know, they're gay, we get mm. it. And Homer yells that he hates his house. Anyway, I thought none of this was really all that funny. The family are all really miserable and the old people at the old folks' home, are, they love watching this. They can't wait to see which one's going to die first. <laughs> but then Homer says, you know what? We're on TV and people on TV, they don't give up. Let's let's just stick this out and we'll be right. Then we get basically the montage of them all enjoying themselves. So yeah. Marge is um, trying on the, the, the corset, but her feet are really, really puffed out. Bart sends the prank telegram to Moe's, which is funny. That was, that was good. <laughs> and Homer is eating all of the peaches. I also liked a little earlier line, and that was like, all of you stink so much. I'm like, I think that's probably what I would hate about going back to an era like this. You know, it's time for your weekly bath. It's like, you, everyone would just stink. Yeah, they really would. And the water, because you'd, you'd be like, I want to go first. I don't want to be like four people oh, deep yeah. water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the family, um, they're all happy now. They're all content. You know, Homer's now carving a pacifier for Maggie, so she's happy. Um, Lisa says she's going to marry the what is it an executive that works with her father or something? Yeah, what was it? the Hiram 
beats his missus or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hiram beat wife, whatever, who's betrothed <laughs> to Martha Take-A-Punch. <laughs> I did like that, you know, what Lisa said though, about um, with all this hard work, I'm too busy to worry about the world. Mm. It's, it's a very accurate statement. I mean, there's you know a school of thought that um, there's a lot of neurosis in the world because we've got time to think about it. Yep. Whereas back in the day, it's just like, man, I've just got to do enough stuff to actually put food in my mouth and a roof over my head. I don't have time to worry about existential dilemmas or anything like that. <laughs> as silly as this may sound... One of the reasons why I love doing this podcast is for a couple of hours a week, I forget there's a pandemic happening. Oh. I'm able to just enjoy talking about my favorite show with one of my favorite people and just enjoy life for an hour and a half. You're talking about the Friends podcast, right? Of course I am. <laughs> and hopefully by us doing this podcast, it gives people out there listening the chance to escape the world for an hour and a half as well a week. Dando, you might say that we're spreading our own version of COVID-19, except it's good vibes. So the, the old people now watching are bored because no one wants to watch people being nice to each other and having fun and enjoying themselves. We want anarchy. So what's one <laughs> way that they, the executives decide they're going to win some viewers back? They get the idea from another show to bring in a person from the 70s who still has their phone connected and it turns out to be Squiggy. I watched this and went, ah, oh, I swear we mentioned Squiggy like last week or the week before. I think we might have, yeah. Because Homer walked in. Oh, no. It's for our, on our Patreon-exclusive D-Space Homer review, and Homer goes, hello. That's right. And you're like, is that is that a bit... Lenny is a bit squeaky, and it's definitely squeaky. Hello. Yes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw him appear, I went, I'm going to go... Because I've never actually watched Laverne and Shirley. I'm going to watch, like, this squeaky guy, what all the fuss was about. Mm. And it was, like, the top 30 moments or top 30 entrances by squeaky. <laughs> and everything was just like... Hello. <laughs> yeah. And there's, if, I, I recommend going on YouTube, right, and watching this YouTube video. It goes for about an hour and a half. I'm oh, sorry. About, about a minute and a half. A minute and a half. Oh, God, an hour and a half of hello. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm asleep. I'm, a t- I'm very tired. So it goes for about a minute and a half. And it's so Dave Lander. I think his name was David Lander. David L. Lander, And it's a, yes. re- it's a really awkward little video of the interviewer trying to get him to do the line. Oh, and he just no. obviously doesn't want to do the line. Oh, and say the line, goes, Bart. Oh, no. And he was just like, okay, I'll set you up and you say it. And the guy like doesn't get it. So he keeps saying it. And the guy starts saying it back to him. He goes, no, no, you say the hello. And he goes, no, no, no. I want you to say it. And he goes, oh, I've, I've outgrown the joke. I don't really want to say it anymore. And he goes, oh, well, that was like one of my things here. I wanted you to say the line. I'm like, this couldn't be any more awkward. This man does not want to say the line. Leave the man alone, but it's worth watching. It literally, it's literally is called <laughs> trying to force David Lander to say hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> but yeah, so I watched like these, these 30 best entrances, just hello. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. Why was that so funny? No, no, just a... <laughs> sometimes sometimes the way people say things is, is funny. You okay. Know? <laughs> there's, there's no real explanation to it. Also, you know... Our standards were lower in the 70s, I guess. <gasps> Hello, Squiggy. Why is the guy from Laverne and Shirley living in our house? Because nobody's watching you clowns. If you was to ask me, you're all too calm and happy. The essence of drama is conflict. That's why they gave me this taser. All right, this still isn't working. Fixing this show is going to take some original thinking. Everybody, pull out your TVs and start flipping around. I think I've got an idea. 
turn to channel 24. This is where we find out that the idea was obviously to pick up the house, because that could actually happen, and just mm. move it with a, with a helicopter. And throughout this entire time, everyone's sleeping. We go, hello, love. <laughs> Which was a little, a little creepy. <laughs> Homer is now off to the blacksmith to have his teeth pulled, his tooth pulled. Oh, it falls in the water. Lisa, explain. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So they've established that they've moved the house into the middle of the, the river or whatever. Marge, throw me the old timey rope in an old timey way. I love that they're still they're still sticking to it. They're still sticking by the rules. <laughs> they then uh, he gets back in and they have an argument via the um, via the camera with the producer mm-hmm. of the show. He goes, I wouldn't ever sign that contract unless it had a red sticker that said "Sign Here." And I have <laughs> I have signed so many things just because the little red sticker sells me. So it's like- <laughs> exactly right. Some, you know, someone give me a contract for insurance or whatever, you know, it's, it's not going to lead me astray. They're trying to help me out by saying sign here. Mm, yeah, exactly. I don't have to read all this stuff. I just know where to sign. The house all falls apart. They've lost everything. So Squeaky's apparently dead. Certainly seems that way. She picks him up. She throws him away. You never see him again. <laughs> uh, she's, um, she's devastated that Homer's strop. Is a strop? Is, is that what he's, he's ruling? A strop, yeah. The, the, the leather uh, band yeah. or leather strap that you yeah, sharp your, uh, sharpen your straight razor on. Uh, the producers won't help, though, even though they're right in front of them. They tell him to burn everything and leave nothing behind. Homer remembers the time that he put his shirt on backwards. That was the last time he cried like this. They go to eat some <laughs> bugs. They come across savages. Turns out they're not savages. They're contestants no. from an old show that were left behind because they didn't pass the final test or something. Indeed. One's a paralegal from Cleveland. One's a nutritionist from Santa Fe. And some guy really gets into kangaroo testicles. They then raid the set um, to take what's theirs back. I got here, Marge Lisa killed the producer. They just pushed him off a cliff. That's it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Did they seem a little kind of about that? or? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they're a bit, yeah. They're a bit concerned. Now <laughs> they now the people who work on the show like, now know what it's like to be tormented, but they've learned nothing. Homer then is about to um about to destroy the helicopter, and they say, no, no don't, don't do that. That's their <laughs> only way back. I didn't get this. And then they had Homer, write, uh, Homer say, oh, man, that Lenny Shaw had a crazy apartment. What, what the hell? How does that have to do with anything? I don't know. I don't know. And honestly, I could have done with the whole neck crack neck, sound effect. Yeah. Yeah. As someone whose neck is increasingly cracking when he turns his head too fast, I'm like, uh, I don't need to be reminded of that. It, it was gnarly, yeah. <laughs> the family are now back at home watching scripted television, and we get a parody of Law and Order, but this time and, it's Elevator Inspector's Unit. Oh, which I'd totally watch. Oh, yeah. I'd watch anything Law and Order, mate. <laughs> I don't know if it's that. Is it started here, the, the one that bring back Stabler, Law and Order Organised Crime? Well, I obtained it illegally. I don't, th- I don't think you're taking too much money out of Dick Wolf's pocket. I don't know? think so, no. <laughs> I think old Dick Wolf's doing okay. So then we get them to decide. So this whole ending was really shit. So they, they're bored with the, with the show, so they find a new way to entertain themselves. Lisa suggests, let's read a book. Marge says, mm. yeah, then we can maybe form a club. And then they say, and we have a club, we can serve drinks. And then Barcher says, hey, Homer, do you want to go drink from a hose? And then they watch him drink from a hose. I'm like, what the hell happened yeah, in the last uh, minute of this episode? Yeah, I don't know how we got from A to D by skipping C. I don't know how we ended up outside with uh, Homer looking into a hose and sticking in his ear and all that. If I was inclined to think about this any deeper, I'd be like, mm, is The Simpsons company on how easy it is to sort of rely on formula and cheap gags is it you know making a comment about itself in its 14th season and i'm like i don't know man just get to the credits 
Maybe, yeah. Do we get a Gracie this one at least? I don't believe so, no. I mean, I, I tried sticking around to the end. I don't know. On Disney Plus, the way I was watching it this time uh, around, you've I got, if, so I know what you're going to say. You've got to click on the little box on the right-hand side, otherwise it skips to the next one. Well, uh, it was doing that, and I was trying to click on the box that would let me keep watching, but for some reason, it, it would then just click to the next episode. Oh, weird. So I didn't find out if there was anything interesting over the Gracie, but I'm going to hazard a guess and say, no. Oh, you reckon they would have had Squiggy? Oh, maybe. I really want to find out now. Oh, damn it. Oh. God damn it. The one week. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh God. <laughs> so that's my, doing my, doing my, oh, God damn it. <laughs> that's my, my garrison. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that just about sums up How to Shelter, an episode that I probably won't go back and rewatch for a long time, if ever. It was there. Yeah, I can take it or leave it, and most likely leave it. It had some funny moments. It wasn't offensive in any way. It just wasn't, no. wasn't that great, that's all. Not really. I, I personally think that this episode of Four Finger Discount was far more funny and informative and entertaining. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, that the wonderful breakfast cereal Urkel's... Urkelos? Urkelos. Are delicious, but forbidden. <laughs> they are certainly forbidden. I learnt that, for some reason, the Simpsons have convinced me that I would definitely watch a reality show of grandmas being punched in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that shit on. <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be... All right, it's time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. Before we do... Oh, while we're coming up with new names, yeah. I know in the series they call it Sucker Punch, what you should call it is Grand Slam. Oh, there you go. You've been thinking all day about that one, haven't you? <laughs> actually, I just actually I just came up with that. I'm, that's I'm pretty... that's why the patients pay the big bucks, my friend. Can we sort of peel back the curtain and show the and, and and reveal to the listeners what actually goes on? Oh yeah. So basically, what happened was we recorded the first half up until the end of just before what you learned last night on Monday. It's now Tuesday night mm-hmm. here, and it is indeed. We are about to do what we're doing though. The what you learn, the new names and stuff. So guy said yesterday that he was up shit creek without some sort of paddle. And he needed a new car or a new form of transportation. Elaborate. What happened? What did you buy today, Mr. Davis? I bought myself an e-bike. You did. Uh, awesome. What'd you What'd you get? Did you get the the four digits or the the? I got the low four digits. Low four <laughs> digits. Okay. Yeah. I, look, it's a bit it's a bit gauche and a bit vulgar to talk about money, but eh, I dropped about sixteen hundred on. Uh, so that's this. that's some would say that's the. I oh, do you mean so there was ones that were worth like three four grand were there? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. there was. I don't know if I told this story at the start of the uh, at the start of the thing, but uh, I was on the phone to the uh, no, to the bike didn't. shop guys with Louis, with the lovely Louise driving next to me, and this guy's really trying to upsell me. He goes, "Oh yeah, now this one's very very reasonable at five nine nine nine." So I've got a looking over at Lou saying, "So six thousand dollars," which fortunately steered off the road, which is <laughs> la- laugh, laughing so much. So I'm like. It was good talking to you, mate. You seem like you know what you're on about. Uh, I'll be in touch. (laughs) He's on something, that's for sure. (laughs) He actually did seem like he knew his stuff. And if I was going to, if I did have six grand to throw down on an e-bike, then I'd probably go see this gentleman. But uh, I do not, so I did not. Instead, went online, got myself a reef. I think it's got a cool name like Predator. Oh, cool. I have this vision of you walking into like an e-bike shop 
And it'd be like Homer Simpson when he walked in to buy a new TV and the wise guy walks up and he's like, you need the Cannavale. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't want that. You don't want that uh, very efficient, low-cost uh, $1,600 bike. <laughs> what you need is the Predator. Five nine 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 nine. <laughs> so, <I'm> like, Sorny, <laughs> you pack it up. I'll start bringing in the pennies. <laughs> I, I take it back. It is not actually the Predator, although do, they do have a bike called the Predator. I've got the Bull Shark. Oh, nice. I see. I, I wish that the, you got the Predator. So every time you turn it on, it either just goes, or it laughs like, like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> Or just do 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 like the music. I love fucking. I love the Predator theme music. It's amazing. Except when I I'd be riding past it all puffy and sweaty, and people would just point at me and going, "That's one ugly motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you've got your e-bike. You're happy. Now it's time we get into some new names. Let's do it. So like, we don't really have a leaderboard at the moment because everyone's basically no one's doubled up. We got all the bunch of threes. We got a bunch of twos. We got a bunch of ones. Mm. Indeed, yep. I'm feeling generous, and and there's a lot of good uh, new names out there. So, mm-hmm. uh, yep, let's get rolling because it is indeed time to pay for that new e-bike. Um, <laughs> one point, and as um as has been the the way with the Guy Davis New Names Challenge uh, this uh, this season, mm. we've got two people each one one point each because okay. just it's just too good. Also, this is these are fairly similar, but Philip Hawkins Phil came Hawkins, to us yeah. with. With the Simpsonal life, as in the simple life with yep. uh, Paris and Nicole back in the day. Uh, not to be a done, Thalia Enriquez provided us with dope simple life. Very good. I like it. Anything that has a dough in it always works. Well, it gets Thalia on two, and it gets Phil Hawkins mm-hmm. in the lead on four. All right. That's, that's the right. live ladder. What have we got? Who got two points? Two points because he gave us two titles. Mm. Comes from James Proctor Strange. James Proctor, <laughs> who provided us with 19th Century Fox, not bad, very good, and Unmodern Family. Ooh, very good. Unmodern Family is great. Yeah, well done, James. Unmodern. That moves him up into the three section of the leaderboard. So he's it in does second indeed. position. And who but, has the but, three points this week? But three points, and I don't want to sound like I'm playing favourites here, but it is Return of the King, Garode Harahill. <laughs> Oh, Garode Harrow has returns. Garode got any points this season so far? Let me have a look. I don't um, think he has. So Garode, out of the out of the gates with three points, what's he got for us? Is Garode just like swaggered in like he's coming back to the pub, like, yeah, that's right, Garode's back. And he's <laughs> what throwing I, what, around what did I miss, guys? <laughs> he's he's throwing around new titles like it ain't no thing. Uh including this one, which I figured worthy of three points. Mm. Steampunked. Ooh, yeah, not bad. Yeah, because it's you know it's got the reality thing, it's got the historical thing, it's got the playing gags on them kind of thing. It all works. Punked was one of the first reality shows that I really enjoyed with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, mm. just I, I loved it when the celebrities. You always watched it hoping that celebrities were going to be like dicks. Like, <laughs> see, I told you they're a bad person. <laughs> or fuck that, fuck that person. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> Or, and forgive my use of sort of um, maybe outmoded slang here, but someone who would cry like a little bitch. That yeah. was always I'm, fun. Sometimes I remember they got a wrestler, Triple H, they did it to him once. And you know, he's a big dude. And mm. they had this guy just all up in his grill because they made it out like Triple H had slammed the door into this woman's face on her wedding day and broken her nose, right? Oh. And her husband was all up in her face, all the photographer who, who was an actor, obviously, going, what do you think you're doing, mate? Oh, I think just because you're big, you can just slam doors into people's faces and get in all this guy's <laughs> face. And I'm thinking... 
I fear for this man's life. <laughs> so, but I was so nervous watching it. But this Triple H wrestler, he just kept his cool. He's like, you know, you know what? Yeah, I didn't mean it, mate, mate. And then he just goes at one point. He goes. You're really starting to piss me off, buddy. And Ashley Kutcher's like, go, 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 go. Get in there. He's about to kill him. <laughs> it's go time. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Man. I, loved, I loved Punk. It was great. Anyway, so the current leaderboard now stands at this. Phil Hawkins is atop the ladder on four points. We have a Ooh. bunch of threes. Declan Phoenix, Luke McKay, Steve Roberts, Nick Patterson, James Proctor, and Garode Harrowhill all on three. And we have Nick Pat- oh, no, no, Nick Patterson was on two. Now he's on three, sorry. We have M. Kufos, Nora Coker, or Coker, I should say. Uh, I Becky- think it's Coker. Coker, okay. Becky Manners and Talia Enriquez all on two points. So if you want to be a part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship, you just got to be a $1 plus patron. Patreon.com slash 4thinkingdiscount where you not only get access to the Facebook group and this, but you also get a bunch of exclusive podcasts and you just get to banter with Guy Davis all day long on Facebook so why would you not want to do that so patreon.com yeah. slash four finger discount thank you to everybody who has contributed this week alright Mr. Davis it is now time for some Helter Skelter mailbag or even Helter Shelter mailbag well, I answered Helter Skelter didn't I <laughs> that's alright oh no it's not. look oh, you've seen you've seen what what he's got tattooed on his arm ladies and gentlemen <laughs> of course he's gonna you know default to the Beatles uh, version to mail First question here comes from our man, Nick Barbaro Barbs, Barbados. He says, what type of reality (laughs) TV show, real or imagined, would you most be willing to go on? And why is it The Mole? The Mole mole would have been a lot of fun. I always Mm. thought it would have been good, to an extent, to go on, on The Amazing Race. I was about to say exactly the same thing. I think lockdown is starting to uh, to wear down on us, Dan. Yeah. I think we we both want to go to exotic new locations, even if it's stressful or or exhausting or whatever. Just can we yeah can we race somewhere anywhere? <laughs> Maybe we should get the patrons to all design an amazing race for us. We just go on a trip. Why not? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I can ride the, my bike. The, the amazing race is us running away from officials. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, next question is Andrew Pellicatti. What's your favorite cover of a Beatles song? Context, Ooh. Oasis did a cover of Helter Skelter for their 2000 live album, Familiar to Millions, and we have plenty of replies to that comment, don't we, Mr. Davis? We do indeed. A whole long conversation that went yeah. on and that, that I only partially read. So we've got a, <laughs> Sam Newton says, can I add an Oasis live version of I Am the Walrus? That was from like an Ooh. earlier 1990s DVD, I think, or mid-90s DVD. I've got that, a copy of that one. I've also got here, ooh, John Farnham singing Help. Yeah. I feel like, oh, Help, yeah. I feel like Help's a very easy song to cover. Um, I, I do think like so, yeah. a Regina Spector copying, copying, sorry, covering a song called Real Love, which was actually the last released Beatles song. So that was actually written by yeah. John Lennon to be a solo song uh, before he was tragically killed. But then the Beatles got the demos and put their own spin on it and actually recorded it as an official song with Lennon's vocals. Um, okay. And cool. it's a one of my favorite Beatles songs ever. It's, it was released in 1995, I want to say, as part of the Beatles anthology release. And uh, it's, fa- it's a fantastic song. It's incredible. And Lennon's just demo version is unbelievable as well. But Regina mm. Spector did a cover of it, which was for Like a Version on Triple J here. So, okay. yeah, it's worth checking out as well. Triple, uh, Regina Spector, Triple J, Like a Version, uh, Real Love. That's great. I do like Regina Spector. Yeah. Um, well, you, met, you mentioned uh, John Lennon and his sort of tragic passing a little earlier. One thing that came out in the wake of that was Brian Ferry did a, a version of uh, Jealous Guy. That's right, John uh, Lennon's song, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I was only, I was young at the time when uh, when John Lennon was killed. I think it was probably about 10. 
uh, and you know, it was just becoming, a, of course I knew who the Beatles were, but I didn't really know much of their music. I just knew the hits. Um, and to hear this version, which I thought was just, and I, I was a Brian, I was a Broxy Music and Brian Ferry fan at 10. I don't know why, how that happened. But um, I think my, actually it was because my mum had a crush on Brian Ferry. She used to cut pictures out of him at the newspaper okay. and put them on the laundry wall. Good on your the, Margaret The Mary. laundry wall. <laughs> yep. It was, it was like a, it was it like walking into, an, <laughs> working into an issue of Playgirl. Um so I like Brian Ferry, but his version of Jealous Guy I thought was just uh, just beautiful, really sad, really um, really moving, but also I think did, did justice to the original song. So I like that a lot. One other that I really dig, and it's kind of an unofficial cover, it's more an influence than anything else, but the Chemical Brothers uh, song Setting Sun is very heavily influenced by Tomorrow Never Knows, which yeah. is one of my favourite Beatles songs. So yeah, I really dig that. Yeah, I really love... Joe Cocker's cover of With a Little Help From My Friends. That is very good indeed. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It's, it's completely different from the original. It, like, he really made it his own. That's what I love about oh, a good yeah. cover is when they can make the song their own rather than just sing the song and just sing the, the words a little bit differently here and there. Like, a, he, he, he properly mm. took that song and made it his own. They're two completely different tracks. But yeah, his cover mm. is amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So... Couple more questions here, and we'll wrap up. So Henrik Vinterlin says, "If you had to live in a pre eighteen hundreds house, which century would you choose?" Um, look, part of me is just like, oh, "Fuck it, let's just go right back to the Dark Ages." You know, let's um... uh, two thousand one: A Space Odyssey, Duh. <laughs> caveman. <laughs> just go completely primitive. Uh, although part of me is thinking Renaissance Italy might be nice. It mm-hmm. would be nice to be around for the birth of big ideas cool art, all that kind of business. So, yeah, um, yeah they're my two choices. What about you, man? Uh, I, I, the fact that you brought the primitive ages, I think it'd be great because me growing up, I've always wanted to see dinosaurs. If I had the chance to go back and see dinosaurs, I'm fucking going there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like um Sam, um Sam, is it Sam Neill? That's Sam Neill, right, isn't it? Sam yeah. Neill. That, that, that's a dinosaur. Oh, you'd be, that's a dinosaur. Oh, you'd, be, <laughs> you'd be pulling the glasses off like this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, final question. Andrew Swan, what TV shows or movies set in the past are you guys into? Set in the past. Ooh. You'd be into like Deadwood and all that, right? Deadwood very much so, yes. Um, Bo- uh, Boardwalk great. Empire? I've never really got into Boardwalk Empire. Okay, I watched, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, I'm, there's a few of those big HBO shows that I'm yeah still behind on. You know, the, the big ones like The Sopranos and, and, and that I'm... I, haven't made all my way through, but Deadwood, I've, I've watched all three seasons and the and the movie that came out a couple of years ago. Love Deadwood. Okay, yeah. I See, I've never seen Deadwood. It's one thing, I actually bought the whole set on Blu-ray because I'm going to watch mm. it. Like, I'm just going to sit there and just... Put your headphones in if you don't want uh, Elliot and Holly to oh, you know, okay. pick, up, pick up on a whole new vocabulary. Oh, okay. Well, we, we are four seasons into the X-Files at the moment, so we've still got a fair way to go on that before we start Deadwood. But nice. I want to say I do like this movie and it's set a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> ah. <laughs> That's the thing. You, you keep forgetting that Star was like, oh, wait a minute, this is ancient history. Yeah. <laughs> it's not in the future at all. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Any other movies or TV shows set in the past you can think of? Oh, uh, uh, not quite as far back in the past as Deadwood, but Mad Men. Mad Men's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. What about <laughs> Chaplin, the movie? That was set in the past, wasn't it? Was that set when he was a kid? Um, yeah, set in the, I think in the turn of the century, and then and yeah. when he came to Hollywood as the nineteen twenties. So yeah, been a long time since I've seen Chaplin, but I do remember that uh, the aforementioned RDJ very very good in it. Game of Thrones. I've never actually watched Game of Thrones, but I can only assume that's set in the past, right? <laughs> 
it looks medieval, but yeah. it, also, it also it also has dragons in it, which I hate to break it to you, aren't real. So it's it's very much a Star Wars thing. <laughs> one final one that's actually just come to my mind, and I've never watched it from start to finish. Tell me, is this worth the hype that it got in the nineties? Braveheart. You know what? I only ever really saw Braveheart once, okay. and I like Mel Gibson fine. I mean, well, <laughs> I like him on screen. I don't know if how would be like to hang with, and I remember thinking. This is quite a good movie. It's a bit violent, but it's epic and it's robust and all that kind of stuff. And I've never had a desire to watch it again. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's a long movie. It is, it is. But it's well made. And if you're into a, a big sort of brawny, old-time epic, yeah, you could certainly you could do far worse. Absolutely. All right, guys. So that is our review of Helter Shelter. Next week, we are going to be reviewing... You said we'd be taking a break. It's our birthday week. Oh, yes. So, do you want to take a break? <laughs> we better take a break, better we? Uh, we'll see how we're going. <laughs> well, we can't record on... We can record Wednesday. Would that give you enough chance? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> well, it gives you the... Because your birthday is on the Monday, right? Happy birthday, by the way. I've got your present ready to go. Happy birthday to you. I've got one for you. But oh, yeah, it's my birthday as well. On the on Sun, oh, Wait, no, your birthday's Sunday. My birthday's Saturday. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, exciting times at the uh, Four Finger Discount homesteads. Just celebration. Celebrate good times. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, if we don't have a new episode next week, listeners, we will chuck up something bonus for you guys. There'll be something going up for you guys. Have no fear. Do not worry at all. But yeah. next week, if we do decide to just do another review of Season 14, it will be the episode The Great Laos Detective, which, Mr. Davis, Ooh. is a Sideshow Bob episode. Ooh, nice. Yeah, nice. so something to look forward to for sure because I do love my sideshow bump alright guys thank you so much again for tuning into the show we do appreciate your support thanks again to all the patrons for your ongoing support absolute champions remember if you want to join the Four Finger Discount family you can do so for as little as $1 per month at patreon.com slash discount. please continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you have the ability to do so we do appreciate everyone who's done that as well follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod at Four Finger Discount on Instagram but for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for those incredible, beautiful, stunning, handsome, gorgeous listeners out there? Goodbye. Shh.